Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Did you know that Jesus has a place reserved in heaven for you? Just just for you. All you have to do is accept his invitation to follow him. You might ask, well, where am I going to follow Jesus to? Well, he's inviting you to follow him to heaven. Now, let me ask you an obvious question. Would Jesus ever invite you to heaven without having a place for you there? Well, of course he wouldn't. He's inviting you because he has a place for you. In fact, he has a place reserved for everyone, regardless of whether they've lived a good life or lived a terrible life. All you have to do is say yes to his invitation and receive Jesus into your life. By the way, when you receive Jesus, you're receiving everything that comes with him. His cleanness for your soul, his happiness for your life, his peace for your inner person, his freedom, his self-control, his love, his faith. It's a win-win. You receive him now, and then you get to follow him throughout your life to your ultimate destination of heaven. Be a contagious Christian. And that's our theme here for the next several weeks. And I want to tell you something that's going to help you be a better contagious Christian this week. And it's this. Everyone in this whole wide world has a place reserved in heaven for them. Every person in the whole wide world has a place in heaven reserved for them. But it's up to you. It's up to me to receive and believe in Jesus for us to secure that place in heaven. There's some of you that are not going to agree with this theology. I don't care. I'm going to convince you today. There's a place in heaven for every human being. We just need to believe and receive Jesus, and we will secure our spot in heaven. That's going to make you a contagious. If you believe any other thing, that God just has a reserved few spots just for a select few people, and there's no other room in heaven, you are not going to be a contagious Christian. You won't. You won't because God has predestined some to go to heaven and others to go to hell. And you're not going to be a contagious Christian. But I tell you what, when you come to the conclusion, the realization, God loved the whole world, gave his son for the whole world, and made a place for every single human being, and it's just with the acceptance of Jesus as Lord that you can get into heaven, you are going to be a wild contagious Christian. Because every person that you look at, you're going to say, she could go, he could go, they they should go. I want to tell them they have a place in heaven. I want to let them know about it. It'll make you a contagious Christian. So let me try to convince you of this today, that everyone has a place reserved in heaven. Jesus, we just pray that you would open our minds and our hearts today to receive your word as it is. Lord, no preconceived ideas, no preconceived notions. Lord, no preconceived theology uh, that doesn't come from the Bible. Lord, let us read your word for what it says, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for it. Amen. I'm going to read from several different scriptures, so you're going to be flipping back and forth. It's going to be like one of those little, I can't remember what they're called, Bible-thons or whatever, where you put your, your Bible above your head, and I say, all right, look up. Matthew 19:16. Let's get there the quickest. Well, nowadays with phones, you can get there. The phone people are going to win every time. Um, but Matthew 19:16 gives uh, gives us a view into what I'm asserting today, <clears throat> and it's uh, Jesus 
a young man came to Jesus and said, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Well, anybody that's asking about eternal life is asking about heaven. <laughs> because everybody knows that two things are for sure, taxes and death. All right, we're all going to die. And so we're all going to end up somewhere. And all of us are pretty sure in our minds that there's got to be something after this life. There's not too many folks that have really convinced themselves otherwise. So he says, what can I do to get eternal life? What can I do to get into heaven? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, if you want to get in, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbors yourself. All of these I've kept, said the young man. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When you follow Jesus, where are you following him to? You're following him to heaven. <laughs> this is not just a mindless, useless exercise of following Jesus. You're following Jesus to an ultimate destination of paradise. That's what you're doing when you follow Jesus. And what Jesus was saying here is, let go of what you're holding on to, all right? Focus on someone who is in need, all right? That gets your eyes off yourself. Focus on someone who's in need and live in spiritual richness. And in doing these three things, you will be following me. Let go of what you're holding on to. Focus on somebody in need and live in the wealth of richness. In other words, Put your treasure in heaven. I've, I've begun to experience this lately. I get up in the mornings or go to bed at night or throughout the day and I feel wealth of God around me. It's a spiritual richness. And many of you probably experience as well. That's what we're looking for. Forget the worldly wealth. Forget the stuff that's not going to not last long. I want spiritual wealth. I want treasure in heaven. So this young man heard this. And you know what he did? He walked away sad. Because he had great wealth. He had great physical wealth. Things that he didn't want to let go of. I guarantee you all of us have something we're holding on to. And the longer we hold on to this stuff, the, the harder and harder it is to follow Jesus to heaven. The harder and harder it is. So let me ask you an interesting question. Would Jesus have invited this young man to heaven if he didn't have a place for him? No. That, would, that goes completely contrary to the loving nature of God. Would God ever go out and invite somebody, hey, come, come to heaven. The person says no, and God says, well, I didn't have a place for you anyway, so it's no big deal. Really? The logic is there. It doesn't align with the character of God, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't align with the Bible either. <laughs> it simply doesn't align with the Bible either. By refusing to follow us, did the rich man not take his place in heaven? Yes, he did take his place in heaven because he refused to follow Jesus in heaven. <laughs> Isn't that something? Jesus is inviting you and me right now to come with me to heaven. Follow me the rest of your life and I will get you there, I promise you. I guarantee it. Look at John 14.6. Jesus said, I am the way. The way to what? I'm the way to heaven. 
He's got a spot for you. I'm the way to heaven. He said, I'm the truth. I'm the truth of what? I'm the truth of heaven. I'm the reality of heaven. And then he said, I am the life. Well, you can have a taste of heaven here on earth as you follow Jesus in your life. You're having a taste of heaven. You're having a taste of peace. You're having a taste of joy. You're having a taste of righteousness, of faith, of love, all of these things. You're getting a taste, a glimmer of heaven. I am the life, he said. He said, no one comes to the Father. you got to listen to this. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, think about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. He said, no one gets to the Father in heaven except through me. I'll tell you what, Jesus is the way. Jesus saying, when you're talking to someone about the Lord, go ahead and mention the name of Jesus. It starts shaking things up. It makes people feel a little awkward when you say the name of Jesus. But you know what's the most powerful name on the face of this earth is the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, let's look at Matthew 22. Here's a parable or a story that Jesus told to make a point. Jesus was a great storyteller. And last week... Remember this? Last week in Titus 2.10, I believe it was, we found out we need to adorn the gospel. We need to make the gospel appealing. This is what Jesus did. He adorned the gospel by giving examples, by giving stories, by giving things that, that we could relate to. So he was adorning the gospel here when he said in Genesis 22, he said, He told him this parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Well, anywhere in the Bible, in the New Testament in particular, where you hear about a wedding, we're talking about the end of the age. In Revelations, it talks about the wedding feast of the Lamb, where we, the bride of Christ, are united with Jesus in a wedding ceremony, so to speak. It's interesting. It's an interesting concept. But he, he speaks of this wedding banquet of his son. He sent out his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet. There's some people who had already received an invitation in the mail. Have you ever gotten an invitation to a graduation, of a wedding, a what, what not? They had already received their invitation. And they went to go tell them to go ahead and come. But they refused to come. Have you ever refused Jesus' invitation? I have. <laughs> I've refused Jesus' invitation many times. Even to this day, I have trouble sometimes. And yes, Lord, you're right, God. I come to you. Well, these people refused. Um, Then he sent some more servants saying, tell those who have been invited, I have prepared my dinner. The oxen, the fatted calf have been butchered and everything is ready. We're going to have filet on steaks. We're going to have ribeyes, juicy medium cooked ribeyes. I don't know how you like your meat, but that's how I like mine. Baked potatoes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. And yet people turn Jesus away. They turn down invitation. Tell those, uh, he said, come to the wedding banquet. He had a place for these people. Do you notice this? He invited them. Did, Did the king not have a place for the people that he invited? Of course he had a place for the people that he invited. But they paid no attention. They went off one to his field, another to his business. And that's why we turn Jesus down is distractions. 
There's certain things in life that we think are literally better than God and we're distracted from by those things. I've experienced that many times. The rest, though, they got a little aggressive. They went Portland on these people. They seized them. They mistreated them. They killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murders and burned their city. Well, that sounds violent. Let me tell you what. The invitation is there. Take the invitation while it's being offered. If you're lucky, you have 80, 90 years to say yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, I come. I want what you have. I want the wealth of heaven for me. In verse 8, he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited do not deserve to come. Now go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. Anyone. That's that's anyone. That's everybody. Don't be, don't, don't discriminate. Don't pick and choose based on the color of someone's skin. Don't, don't, don't say you want Jesus just invites straight people. No, he invites gay people. <laughs> he doesn't just invite good people. He invites criminals. Praise God. He invites people who have cheated on their spouses. He said, invite anybody. So go out and find somebody and invite them to the king. Invite them. Come to Jesus. People want to come. He said, invite anybody. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered what it says. All the people they could find. Was the banquet going to be too small? Uh Uh-oh, did God say, oh, my goodness. You know what? I didn't make enough room. You know what? Heaven is big enough for everybody. It is big enough for everybody, and God is, has a place for every precious soul he has created. Every precious soul. Look at this. So the servants went out to the streets. They gathered all the people they could find. Listen to this. The bad as well as the good. Did you know heaven is going to be full of good people, and heaven is going to be full of bad people? Do you get that? Have you ever noticed that before you look at a family? They don't know Jesus, but they are good people. They're good law-abiding citizens. They have a good, healthy marriage. They're good with their kids. They don't break the law. They pay their taxes. They do everything. You're like, how is that possible? Well, let's read on and let's see. There's still something needed even for good people. Because the king came out to see the guests, both the good and the bad, and he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Let me tell you what those wedding clothes were. As these good and bad people came in, they were offered free wedding clothes. Something to, to spruce it up a little, to look nice at the wedding. They were probably offered a little bit of cologne or perfume if they smell bad to kind of clean up a little bit. You know what those wedding clothes were? The righteousness of God, the free righteousness of God. For every person, both good and bad, we all need the free righteousness of God. We can't rely on our own goodness, our own good actions. All right. Heaven is going to be full of good and full of bad people. But the common denominator, the common theme, they've put on the righteousness of Jesus. They put on the right. Have you done that? Have you come to Jesus and said, give me your free righteousness? It's offered to you only through his son, Jesus Christ, only through your son, his son, Jesus Christ. And so we take the garment of God's choosing 
the garment of righteousness and say, I put it on. And when you receive the righteousness of Jesus, you are a chosen person. You're a chosen. The Bible's chuck full of God chose this person. God chose that person. God chose the other person. And many people, unfortunately, twist that around and begin to think that God is out in front of us and choose, picking and choosing who he's going to bring to heaven. No, you accept God's choosing. His righteousness, say, hey, if you'll give it to me, I'll put it on. <laughs> and Jesus says, well, here, take it. Then I'm going to give you my righteousness. You enter into God's choosing. Verse 13, the, the, the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he ends with this, this statement, many inv- are invited, but few are chosen. Many are invited, but few are chosen. I'll tell you what, parable after parable, example after example, the heart and soul of the gospel is God has prepared a place for everybody. If you'll accept the invitation, you are a chosen man or God, and no one can take you out of the hand of God when you accept this choosing. I'll tell you what, you're eternally secure. No one, no sickness, no enemy, no nothing have eternal security in the Son, Jesus Christ. Can you walk away from that eternal security? Yes, you can. You can walk away from it, but no one can ever pull you away from it. It would have to be your decision to do that. I love sitting back and thinking, God, you chose me. (laughs) You picked me. Chosen, I'm, I'm one of these, you know, beggarly enough people, low enough people that said, yes, Jesus, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I'm at the end of my rope, God. I'll take whatever you got. And I put my arm out there and his grip of grace grabbed my wrist and I reciprocated. I grabbed his wrist and he pulled me out of the miry clay. He pulled me out of the pit of despair, out of depression, out of lust, out of all kinds of grossness out of my life. He pulled me out and he put a solid place to stand the rock, Jesus Christ. I am chosen and I am forever secure in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Don't you want that? I mean, wouldn't you want this? Well, he said, you got to let go of your life to take on to the new life that God's given you. Let go of your old identity. Let go of your old personality. Let go of your own dreams, your own purposes, your own plans for the future, and let God give you a much better thing instead. He's got better plans. He's got a better future. He's got a better purpose for you. Let go and hold on to God. Does that make sense? Praise God. Many are invited, but few are chosen. I praise God that I am one of billions of people in history God has a place for He's got a place for me. He's got a place for you. Will you receive what he's given you? All right. So who are these people in the Bible that are referred to as chosen? All right. Again, I tell you, accept the invitation and you will be a chosen. You'll enter into God's chosenness. You'll enter into it. All right. His place of choosing. But he's had this place of choosing since the beginning of time, before the beginning of time. He created a place for every single one of us before the beginning of time. In Ephesians 1, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. 
to be. He didn't choose you just so you could be a superstar, to get out of, out of jail free card. That's not what he chose. He chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight, to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus. In love, he predestined us for the adoption of sonship through Jesus Christ. When Jesus died, he went ahead, in my humble opinion, he predestined the whole world. He said, I'm going to make it look, it's Jesus. I did all the work. Just accept the invitation. You're predestined for, for glory. Amen? Just, just accept the invitation. But so many of us don't, unfortunately. He said, in accordance, listen to this. He did this. He predestined us in accordance with the pleasure of his pleasure and his will. So you say, well, God, do you choose some and don't choose other? What, what's, your, what's your will? What's your good pleasure? What do you want? Well, it's very clear. Memorize this scripture. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Has he been patient with you? I look at God. I'm like, I don't know how you put up with me. Seriously. I do not know how the Lord Jesus Christ has put up with me. I am such a hard-headed, slow person that doesn't get it. I keep making the same mistakes over and again. God is patient. I'm a living testimony of how patient God is. But here's the thing that you need to look. Not wanting anyone to perish for everyone to come to repentance. Every, God's good pleasure, his will, his decision... I want every soul to be saved. That's his good pleasure. He's in heaven for everybody. Everybody. You know what the tr most tragic thing in the world, I can't even picture what this will look like. When we get to heaven and we see the space of heaven and somewhat the emptiness of heaven. And we think of all those people that should be here that aren't. That's going to make you a contagious Christian when you start thinking that way. That's going to make you get out and you say, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I want heaven full. I don't want it empty. But we read on in Ephesians 1 verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely has given us in the one that he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood. Who's we? Well, the, all of us have redemption through his blood. We can be bought back from all our addictions, bought back from our slavery, from our distractions. We're bought back. Um, we're forgiven of our sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, which he has lavished on us in all wisdom and understanding. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in con the conformity of will. But then it says we... Okay, and it keeps talking throughout Ephesians. We, we, we. Who's we? Well, it defines who we is. It's we are the ones who were the first to put our hope in Christ. You were chosen. You put your hope in Christ. Until then, you're only invited. You're only invited. I don't want to just be invited. I want to be chosen. So I'm going to put my hope in Christ because he's got a place for me in glory. He's got a place for me in glory. He's got a place for you. Are you going to secure it? In verse 13, it says, You were also included in Christ when you heard the message of the gospel of your salvation and when you believed. When you heard and when you believed. Can you, can you go back to one of the first times when you heard the Spirit talking to you? The first time when Jesus, you recognized, Hey, 
That sounds hopeful. That sounds encouraging. Do you remember some of the first times you ever heard from Jesus? Well, you don't just hear from him. You got to put your hope in him. You got to believe him. All right. That's when you go from invited to chosen. And I want to be chosen. (laughs) I want you to be chosen. I want every single, every boy and girl, every adult, every young person. I want us to be chosen to enter into the choosing of God and become a chosen person. Well, there's huge, huge implications in all of this. If you're able to accept God's choosing, you're able to reject God's choosing as well. You're, you can be just like that wealthy young man that turned around and walked away sadly. It's, it's up to you. God has given every person in this world the capacity to receive and to believe. Every single person in the world has the capacity to receive from God and to believe. It's truly a decision. It's truly a decision that we have. We're able to accept this choosing. We're able to reject it. But you know what? If you have breath in your lungs, if you have a heartbeat, if you can hear my voice right now, you can accept the invitation that Jesus is offering you right now. You can accept the invitation that Jesus. It's not too late for you. So let's look at some examples straight out of the Bible of who God chose and you develop your own interpretations based on what I'm telling you here. In 1 Samuel 10, 13 and 15, we hear of this first king of Israel. His name was King Saul. And in 1 Samuel 10, 24, um, Samuel, who's the prophet, said to all of the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? God chose this guy. He picked him. Now, you could say, well, Steve, hold on a second. You're, you're going overboard because God chose this man for a position. He didn't necessarily choose him as his own. Choose him in terms of salvation. And let me prove you wrong if you think that. In 1 Samuel 13, verses 13, 14, the king had turned his back on God and wasn't doing what the Lord had told him do, to do. And this is what was said of him by Samuel. You have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command of the Lord your that he gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Now, just pause here and think about this. This was before David. God chose King Saul to be ancestor of Jesus. He chose him to be the ancestor. This was God's plan. He chose Saul to do this. And you know what? Saul accepted it. He accepted the anointing. When God pours his anointing, his choosing on you, his Holy Spirit, you can get out from under it and say, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to receive it. Saul stayed right there and let the anointing as king come over him. He received what was given to him, but it didn't stop there. He, didn't, he wasn't chosen just for a position, just for, for, for the destiny of, of the world. He was also chosen because God said, I have sought a man after my own heart. He chose Saul not only to be king, he chose him to be a man after God's own heart. God's inviting you to be a woman after his own heart. God is inviting you to be a man after his own heart. You can walk away from it. Just because God is inviting you 
and has given you a place of choosing doesn't mean it's going to happen automatically. That's a scary thought. You have to and I have to receive the choosing that God is offering us. We, the Bible is chuck full of this. Some people, it's crazy, some people think that in order to believe, God has to choose you first. It's totally backwards. We believe and therefore we enter into the choosing of God. So, here's another example that I'll share with you. John 6, verse 70. If it's verse 70, that's a pretty long chapter, isn't it? John 6, verse 70. Jesus said or replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. <laughs> He's referring to Judas. He, he said to Judas, Come follow me. Judas accepted the invitation, followed Jesus, was chosen as a disciple, was chosen as an apostle, and yet he exited God's choosing. So we shouldn't think ever that God chooses us and therefore we are eternally secure because God has chosen us. We're eternally secure because we remain in Jesus. We remain in Jesus. And, and the, the other, that's one extreme. You think, oh, you know, I, I, I've left Jesus and, and now I'm no longer in him. There's extreme thought processes in this. If you sin and you're in Jesus, you're still in Jesus. You're still, your sins don't kick you out of Jesus. You're a man or woman after God's own heart because you're repentant. You say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry I did this. But I, I don't want to go, go, go too far off on a rabbit trail. But I want to assure you, your sin doesn't get you kicked out of Jesus' presence every time you mess up. That's why he's given you his grace. But we've spoken of that many times. All right, so, so Jesus was a chosen person, but he walked out of that choosing. All right? Um, so, so let's just look at a couple more things as we get close to finishing here. In, in, in John 1, verse 11, um, it tells us how you can secure your spot in heaven. Uh, it says that Jesus came to that which was his own, those who, who he'd originally chosen, the, 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 the heritage of Israel, but his own did not receive him. His own did not receive him yet. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Which came first, the receiving of the believing or the right to become children of God? This very receiving believing comes first and then you have, you enter into God's choosing. You become, you, you're given the right to be children of God. So as I've said, some, some Christians tragically believe God has chosen some and that he doesn't choose others. They say that you can only believe in Jesus if God has chosen you first sovereignly. Cole, but not pick Tara. Pick Sister Shelley, but not pick Lisa. That's, that's the thought process there. Very unbiblical. You can't be a Christian. God draws you to himself first. Well, let me tell you what. They're partly right but mostly wrong. <laughs> and let me share with you why I believe this and why, what I see in the Bible. In 1 John, excuse me, in John 12, 32, Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men um, unto me. I will draw all men. So it is true. You can't come to Jesus 
except that the Lord drew you. But the fact of the matter is when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, he is drawing all men to himself. He has made a way for every single person in this world to be drawn to him. It's an open invitation to every man and woman. There's a place in heaven for you. So we go back here, though. He draws us all, and then we receive him, we believe on him, and then we enter into the choosing of God. And like I said, I love just sitting and thinking, I'm a chosen person. God picked me. I deserve to be picked, but he picked me. And I've just accepted it. I just receive it. Look at Daniel. You know what the difference between Daniel and many of the rest of us are? When the angel told him, you are highly esteemed, Daniel. That word actually means beloved. You're highly beloved. Did you know that Daniel, he wrote the book of Daniel, and he wrote that about himself? He said, the angel of the Lord said, you're, you're highly esteemed. You know what? Daniel believed he was highly esteemed. If God whispers into your ear, he loves you, start believing it. I'm a loved person of God. That's what the apostle John did. He was, Jesus at some point got John alone and said, John, I love you so much. And you know what John started saying about himself? I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. <laughs> That's the difference between men like John and Daniel and many of us who live and roll around in the mud and, oh, I'm no good and I'm never going to amount to anything. No, you begin to receive God's love. Accept it. Believe it. In Jude, my, my dad read this verse in Jude, I think it's 20. There's only one chapter in Jude, so I think it's Jude 20. It says, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Don't get out of it. Stay in there. John 15, remain in me and let my words remain in you. Remain in my love. Amen? That's what we need to do as Christians, as chosen people, is to remain and receive receive, receive, believe more and more and more. If you're a believing Democrat or believing Republican, that means something. Let it be that you're a believing Christian. That's going to mean something even more powerful. A believing Christian. Well, whenever you do this, you come into Christ, into his choosing. Uh, Sometimes I come home from, from work and I just need a safe place. I've had a bad day. I've felt maybe attacked by something or something didn't go well. I walk in the door and all my trouble just kind of melt off at the door. I walk in and I feel safe. And I take a deep breath. And, oh, it was brutal out there today. <laughs> but I'm here and I'm safe. You know what? Some people don't have that luxury. They don't have a safe place to go. You know what? If you walk into Jesus, you will find your safe place. You could be a homeless person and walk into Christ and find the safety, the safety, the choosing, the comfort, the peace, the righteousness by simply walking in to that safe place. I love this this verse in Proverbs 18.10. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower, a high tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. They are safe. So go to Jesus, go to your choosing, receive what he has for you. Not only, I've just mentioned one little side benefit, you will be safe. John 3.16, don't worry, I'm almost done here. If anybody's suffocating, we'll be out of here in just a minute or two. John 3.16, for God loved the whole world so much so that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, 
Not just a select few. Anybody can believe. Anybody can receive. God has given you the capacity to do that, even if you don't believe in Jesus. That's how we got here anyways. We just received from the Lord. Whoever believes would not perish but have eternal life, would secure their spot in heaven. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn them, but to save the world through him. Who's the world? Every person that's ever lived and is living today is the world, us included. God sent his son into the world to save us. Well, where do you find those who are most likely to be accepted except Jesus. Where are you going to find most of those people? Well, it says in James 2.5, it says, Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he has promised those who love him? It's the poor. So you and I, we just got to get to the place where we come to the end of ourselves as a poor beggar would and say, Jesus, I just receive what you have for me. How isn't it true that we got to Jesus because of a hard time, most of us, a difficult time, a challenging time? We came to the end of ourselves and we said, Jesus, help me. The poor of the world have been chosen, but the ones that are open to receive. It's not just financially poor. You might be poor in your soul. You might be poor because of depression. You might be poor because of a failed marriage. You're poor. You're open. Therefore, you receive from the Lord, and you can believe on him a lot easier. We could, I could give you all kinds of examples, but a couple of final scriptures about what heaven's going to be like. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, it says, Our citizenship is in heaven, praise God. Now that you've accepted the invitation from Jesus, that's, where, that's why we await a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord, who will transform our lowly body in, into the likeness of his body by the power that inha- enables him even to subject all things to himself. And then Revelations 22, the angel of the Lord showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the streets of the city. Can you picture this? A river flowing down the middle of the streets from the throne room. And on either side of the river, there was a tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruits, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any accursed. Isn't that wonderful? No longer will you ever be cursed by anything sickness, trials, tribulation, failed anything. You will never be cursed again. But the, um, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. We will see his face, and his name will be on our foreheads. There, there will be no more night. There will be no need for the light of a lamp or the sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. You can get there you can get there. Follow Jesus to heaven. Follow Jesus to heaven. He's reserved a place for you. So let's just pause here and think, how does that make me a contagious Christian? When you start talking like this, you're like, I need to tell somebody about Jesus. I know some folks that really need to hear about this. I need to tell them how easy this is. Just receive. Don't you want peace? Receive it. Don't you want joy? Receive it. Don't you want provision? Receive it. Don't you want healing? I have the answer for you. It's Jesus. And furthermore, you can follow him to heaven. Everybody's interested in eternity. I think everybody is. There might be a a few out there that aren't, but for the most part, everybody's interested in, in, in eternity. 
And I'll end with this. There was a, I was watching a, a, the news about two years ago, and they caught on a security camera a rapper, a famous rapper, getting shot right in front of his own store. I think he had a mobile phone store, cell, cell phone store. I think it was in L.A. And the camera caught this guy literally two storefronts away, just, just nailing this rapper, killed him there on the spot. This rapper was one of the typical rapper, you know, foul language, horrible life, you know. And as I was watching there, I sensed the Holy Spirit remind me, so God's saying, I, this makes me so sad that this young man didn't make it. Didn't make it. I had a place for him. I had a place for him, and he didn't make it. I'll tell you what, we need to get a fire lit under us. <laughs> We need to get a fire lit under, under us to share the truth of Jesus with every person we possibly can. There's some who are going to be closed. Let the Spirit guide you. Sometimes you'll talk to this person and not those five. That's okay. Let the Spirit guide you. But when the Spirit's guiding you, do it. Amen. Do it. Don't be a coward. Don't, don't, don't be scared. What's the worst that can happen? They tell you no. We're not in a country where somebody's going to put you in jail. Go tell people about Jesus. They have a spot reserved for them in heaven. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time together, Lord. I just pray, O Lord Jesus, that you would uh, make us into contagious Christians with a sense of urgency, Lord God, telling people there's a place for you. God has reserved a place, a spot for you. Let me show you how to get there. It's through the Son of God, through Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And if you're listening to this right now, either live or if you're listening to it on the phone or you're listening to the recording, you can open your heart to Jesus right, right now. Just say, I want to receive you, Jesus, like a beggar. I just put my hand up. I open my heart and I say, Jesus give me you. <laughs> I want to accept your choosing right now. I don't want to mess around anymore. I receive you. Mm -hmm.